Welcome to Gold with Jeanette Schneider, nuggets of inspiration for a bigger, better, more purposeful life. Each week we share wisdom, insights, and gold from those living their very best lives. After 23 years in finance, I left my executive role to advocate for women and girls in life, love, the boardroom, and the marketplace. Now the CEO of Live Media, I am thrilled to create wellness-based content and technologies to help you level up and become more conscious of your ripple. The Live app launched Christmas Day for Apple iOS. This is purposeful content, big conversations, and a beautiful place for us to share our gold, our dreams, and create community. Gold is a Live Media production brought to you from the sound studio at the Live headquarters. Alex Bucko believes in the old saying, you are what you eat. After being diagnosed with lupus at the age of 22, she found herself on a new path in life. While this was a scary and heartbreaking time, Alex found a sense of relief, finally knowing why she had been sick for so many years, thus giving her a starting point for her healing to begin. But when the conventional treatments of Western medicine did not work for Alex, she started searching elsewhere for the answer. Trying out a more holistic approach, Alex discovered that food could be her medicine. Alex Bucko is a nutritional therapist focusing on mediating the symptoms of chronic illness within her practice. She believes that a shift towards ancestral nutrition and lifestyle could help to lessen the prevalence of modern diseases that have become overly common today, such as cancer, diabetes, and autoimmunity. Alex got her start in nutritional therapy after her own struggle with autoimmunity forced her to leave her first career and embark on her journey for self-healing. After being increasingly sick for over 10 years, she had had enough. Alex was able to overcome her multiple autoimmune conditions without a long list of pharmaceuticals and now sits comfortably in remission after making diet and lifestyle changes. Today, Alex and I dig deep into the food we eat and its relationship to our health. We talk about getting back to the way we evolved to eat through seasonal and ancestral eating, the domestication of crops, and the evolution of the food industry as a whole. We talk about how our gut health is vitally connected to our overall health and well-being. Let's dig in. I'm so excited to share that I have Alexandra Bucko on the show with me today. Thank you for joining. And thank you for having me. Of course. I am so excited to talk to you. I um, I actually, I was just sharing with Alexandra right before we got started. I just got her photos her uh, for her headshots, and one of them has her defending her food, like, furiously. And I think that we're going to use that one because I really adore it because you have such a deep-seated relationship with food that I was hoping that we can dig in today. And it's because of your relationship with, unfortunately, illness and autoimmune. And I was hoping you can kind of share with us a little bit how you created this, this realization that food was the answer for you because of your own struggles. Yeah. So food for me um, was kind of a last resort. I had really tried to make the whole Western medicine um, uh, picturesque paradigm work for me. Uh, unfortunately it did not. I was diagnosed with lupus at the age of 22. And, uh, I mean, I did the rounds of chemotherapy, methotrexate. I did, um, steroids and to no avail did I see any relief and I actually, uh, got sicker. Mm. Um, so at some point I just finally threw in the towel. I kind of went berserk and, um, I started listening to a lot of podcasts and I came across the infamous Rob Wolf, and that is kind of what got me started on um, food as medicine. Um, I ended up going back to school for holistic nutrition, and um, I'm now a practicing uh, holistic nutritionist. But um, anyway, I found for myself that food is medicine and food was the answer. Um, and it took me 
several years, but I can proudly say now that I'm into remission. And I think what we all tend to miss um, is that you are what you eat. I mean, it's the simplest quote. I think we've heard that since we were little, but your body is what you make it. And if you're putting bad things into it, um, sick things, nasty, toxic things, that is what your health will become. So with you, when you started with the diagnosis, what was Mm -hmm. your kind of first reaction? Um, I was just, actually, I had been sick probably for about 10 years and it had been getting worse and worse and worse. So at first it was kind of relieving, you know, to hear a diagnosis finally. Um, but then, you know, when you start to hear lupus and you start to read about it, you kind of go into freak out. Um, so, I mean, like I said, I was 22 at the time I had to leave my corporate job and I had just graduated college. So it was, it was pretty uh, heartbreaking at the time. Um, but it put me down a different path and now, now I'm obviously okay with it, but it, it definitely, uh, it hurt. You mentioned something on your socials that I was very curious about and it's called ancestral eating. Can you walk us through what that means? Because I'm very curious, you've done so much deep research into food and how it helps you, but also how it's sourced and its history. So I'm curious if you can kind of share a little bit about that. Yeah, so ancestral eating is um, basically getting back to how we evolved to eat. And there obviously are many different perspectives as far as how you should eat, whether it be vegan, whether it be, you know, animal based. But um, a lot of uh, the anthropology and the history behind everything, it goes back to show that we evolved as hunter gatherers, right? So we evolved to um, follow our prey and, you know, supplement with fruits and vegetables when they were available seasonally. Um, but most of all, you know, we, we really ate a lot of animal products and, uh, when we evolved, um, you know, we were, we were kind of at our healthiest and we saw our, um, biggest jump in development during this time. And as we started to introduce, uh, agriculture or domestication of things like grains, um, you know, wheat, corn, um, these, these grains that we now are so heavily um, reliant on, this is when we started to see the climb in uh, disease. So we started to see things like rheumatoid arthritis and diabetes, um, gout, you know, these, these things started to come on. So ancestral eating is kind of how did we exactly evolve to eat before we started to intervene? Mm. Um, and if you look at how we eat today compared to how we actually evolved to eat, it is drastically different. You know, I mean, today we see high carbohydrate diets, um, that are riddled with sugar and processed foods and, um, toxins, preservatives, very low micronutrients. And this leaves us, you know, with fluctuating blood sugar, um, or chronically, you know, on highs and lows of our blood sugar going up and down, you know, we develop uh, metabolic disorders like diabetes and, and cancer and, you know, autoimmunity is on the rise because when you have blood, high blood sugar, you get, uh, inflammation. And when you have inflammation, uh, your immune system just kind of gets thrown out of whack. It's nothing compared to what it used to be. Um, so, I mean, now we have fruits that look nothing like they used to, they're bigger, they're sweeter, they're full of sugar. And when we started to do this all across the board with domestication, um, we really started to throw ourselves out of whack. I mean, we as humans did not evolve necessarily to eat such carbohydrate-rich foods, whether they be natural or whether they be synthetic. That's fascinating to me because I've been trying really hard to move to a vegetarian diet. I'm craving carbs. And I saw the pictures on your 
um, Instagram of fruit the way it was meant to be and fruit the way it looks now. What was really interesting to me is in my previous iteration in finance, um, we actually used to buy farms for our clients. And I remember talking to some of the farm, um, the farmers that were actually, they were managing the farms for our clients. And I was asking them about pesticides and all that stuff. And I was like, do we have any? And he's like, there's no organic crop. There's, we, we can't do that and make it sustainable and make money. Like you have to have these things. We, we worry about bugs and I've been looking for the farmer within the industry who actually Mm -hmm. believes in creating like healthy crops and they don't like, they don't really exist because it's a business and it's all about how can we produce as much as possible? How can we make sure that the farmer makes money? The client makes money. Um, how do it's shipping? It's, it's truly a business. And that was like one of the first kind of eye-opening moments where I was like, wow, we are so, it's, it's simply about consumerism, not necessarily health. Exactly. And we are so detached too from how the foods on our plate, you know, get onto our plate. And uh, we have no concept, you know, another point I wanted to kind of talk about with eating ancestrally is um, eating seasonally, you know? Um, So way back, you know, thousands of years ago, we ate what was in front of us. We couldn't ship it from Chile, you know, when it was wintertime for us. So we didn't have access to all of these fruits tens of thousands of years ago all the time. Um, You know, we cycled our carbs. We couldn't always have them. Whereas here now, you know, you can import um, avocados from Mexico, asparagus from South America, um, watermelon from Georgia at any time of the year, you know, I mean, granted, you know, seasons change, but it's, it's very, um, metabolically confusing to the body when the body can have sugar all year round. I never even thought about that. It was like, I look at the strawberries that are in my fridge the other day and I'm like, why are they like so light and white? And because they're out of season (laughs) They're Yeah. Yeah. They're out of season and we're trying to eat them because we like them and we've gotten used to things that are in our diet. And I just think it's really – because it's really about – and this word keeps coming up – intuitive eating in a lot of ways. It's going back to what's available to you and our body was used to, from what I'm I'm gathering, um, a certain type of – there's a season to it. There's an availability to it. And I've when I've traveled, especially like when I've traveled through the Mediterranean – um, I do not have the stomach issues that I do mm-hmm. in the States and I lose weight while I eat pasta, bread and wine <laughs> like every right. day. But it's also because they're, 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 it's, it's pulled at that time, you know, and it's, it's made fresh. Um, and I'm just so fascinated by the way that we've created this kind of consumption, um, model to where it's like you can have whatever you want at any point in time as long as it fits the bottom line of a corporation, basically. Right, exactly. You know, I mean, um, you know, I guess in regards to strawberries, you know, you're eating strawberries consciously saying, well, this is a healthier choice than, you know, um, strawberry sour patch kids. Right. You know, like you're still making the better decision, but are our bodies' rhythms, you know, in tune to eating strawberries all year, every day, whenever we want? No, it's not. And that's that's where our bodies are starting to get really disconnected and we start to see health issues arise because at the end of the day, strawberries are still sugar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. How do you how do you make sure like I know that you've spent so much time and energy and I know that as I've been on my own health journey. So I recently had some concerning blood work and my mm-hmm. doctor basically was like you have got to completely change your diet. It's 
you have some genetic kind of predisposition to issues with your heart. You also are pre-diabetic. Um, all things that are within my family. Um, mm-hmm. But learning about what I can and cannot eat and what does have sugar in it has mm-hmm. been really eye-opening for me. And it's true that you have to be your own advocate in health. Like you really have to pay attention to the labels and understand the different types of sugars and what's a chemical and what's natural. Um, how have you navigated that yourself? Like what does it look like when you shop for your own food? Yeah. So, um, I guess if we're going like way back to basics, just for, you know, listeners to say, what can I do to like really jumpstart my health in the simplest way possible? Like starting from nothing. Um, when you're at the grocery store shop on the outer, um, edges of the store, you know, that's where all of the refrigerators are. Um, when you start to get into the centers where you get into the processed food and yeah, it tastes really good, but is it good for you? Not, not normally. Um, so that would be number one. And number two would be if you're looking at ingredients, if you can't envision it in front of you, you know, like, um, potassium sorbate or some weird, you know, chemical that you can't picture directly, don't eat it. Mm. It's why, you know, I mean, it probably shouldn't be there. So just, if you can't, if you can't picture it, don't eat it. Mm-hmm. I had a trainer once tell me something similar, like make sure that you're eating from the outside of the store. And one of the things that I've done recently is I make this huge haul, right? And it's all fruits and vegetables. And I chop them up and I put them in the fridge so that I can cook out of their fridge. So that That's I, awesome. Yeah. So, and it's hard to do though, like if you're traveling or if you're running low on stuff or, or, and you're, you're busy, that's when you're like, oh, it's easier to Postmate, <laughs> like to, to use oh, a yeah. food delivery service or whatever, or, or order out or go to dinner. Um, but I've noticed that having that availability of produce and having it close to me to where I can easily open the refrigerator and just literally cook out of the fridge um, has been such a big benefit. And then I was talking to someone recently who was sharing, like, she has to prepare for her day, which includes she has to prepare her foods that she's going to take with her. Because when she leaves her house, she's not coming back and she's recognized that her body. And this is another thing that's been really fascinating. Our bodies. Um, when we start eating better and are more aligned, once you introduce something in it that is unhealthy for you, it tells you right away. Like you almost like you, you create this clean environment and you bring something unhealthy into it and your body's like, absolutely not. I, I do not accept. Yeah, exactly. You can't disguise the bad anymore. You know, when, when it's just a storm of bad, it's really easy to get lost in the, in the symptoms. But then, you know, when you have that clear, clean slate, like you're saying, mm-hmm. it's really easy to start to see, you know, what bothers you. And um, I think another good point that you made with cooking out of your fridge, um, a big problem that we have in our society today that forces us to, you know, away from the fresh whole foods is convenience. You know, yeah. you're essentially kind of hacking the system and you're making it convenient to eat healthy. But so many people, you know, they, they eat out of convenience, you know, I'll stop at McDonald's on the way home. Chipotle's on my way. Oh, I I don't have time for lunch. Let me order in. I've noticed that it's also how, so for me, I love those things, right? I remember when um, I was in my 20s, before Mm -hmm. I had my daughter, I had probably a stomach of steel. And I think something happens to our bodies over time. Like they change and become a lot more um, 
less accepting of some of the things that we used to eat. So <laughs> I used to love a Chipotle burrito. I used to love, you know, I'd be, every now and then I'd be like, I'm going to run through McDonald's. And then I watched a documentary on how they make the food. And I was like, so some awareness, right? So creating some awareness as to how the food is sourced. And then when I had, I got pregnant with my daughter, I had um, fertility struggles. So it took mm-hmm. me um, five IVF cycles to have her, to conceive her. Um, and while I was pregnant with her, I have never eaten so clean. I mean, I was very aware of this little person I was growing. So I ate very, very clean to where if I tried anything that had any kind of like fake, I could taste like rubber. I could taste, I, my, my palate became so crystal clear as to what was good for me and what wasn't good for me. Um, that after I had her, all these stomach issues started to pop up and all of these skin issues started to pop up when I went back to trying to eat for convenience. And it's been an uphill battle ever since. And I, what I've noticed is when I have those fresh, healthy foods and I drink, I make a green juice with my uh, my juicer and mm-hmm. I, can, I drink it and I feel better. Um, so I think it's also kind of that self-awareness. Your body a lot of times with through its, whether it's because you're sluggish or you're tired or your stomach hurts or what have you, it's paying attention to those signs and symptoms as well that maybe the things that you're putting in your body are are not all that fantastic for you. How convenient is it for you to maintain this type of lifestyle? Um, you know, you start to get used to it and you start to know, you know, what to go for. Like, uh, I'm pretty simple when I eat out, you know, I stick to a protein, whether it be steak, um, whether it be, you know, a piece of wild-caught salmon, something along those lines. And then I I try and stick, if I do vegetables, you know, I make sure that they're cooked in butter and not oil. Um, all of these things, you know, contrary to popular belief, you know, fat is good for us. Protein Mm -hmm. is good for us. It, um, increases satiety and we feel full. Uh, it doesn't spike our blood sugar. Um, they're actually low inflammatory foods if they're sourced properly. So I, you know, just kind of make my checklist if I'm eating out, you know, high protein, good fat, you know, good, uh, good source of low carbohydrate or not low carbohydrate, low sugar, you know, vegetable. Am I going to be full? Is it going to taste good? Yes. Yes. I'm happy. So you start to get in the rhythm and it gets a lot easier. Um, but at first it's kind of overwhelming. I think with any dietary change, you know, tell me about the difference between oils and butter, because that, that kind of blew my mind when you said that. Yeah. So, um, a lot of plant oils that, you know, say like the American Heart Association has gone into saying are, you know, uninflammatory actually are inflammatory. Um, canola oil, grapeseed oil, soybean oil, all of these oils that things are typically deep fried in. Um, even, you know, plant oils like olive oil, they're not set for high heat. So when you're cooking these oils, you are fragmenting them and they become inflammatory. Um, butter is actually very good for you. Uh, it's, it's a high heat, um, butter and lard, uh, they're, they're high heat, um, fats, so they can sustain very, very high heat without breaking down. Um, and butter is a really good source of your fat soluble vitamins. So vitamins A, D, E, and K, um, and your body absolutely needs cholesterol for things like hormones to stabilize your blood sugar for brain health, cell membranes. So, um, I go into depth a lot on this, uh, on my social media, I I try and really, um, educate, but a big thing for me too, I had to relearn this because for years I was on a low fat diet is fat is good for you. Mm -hmm. Today gold is brought to you by live media and the live app now available on the Apple app store. We believe that healthy you today leads to a healthier world tomorrow. 
To that end, we have created accountability features and a platform of curated coaches and thought leaders in a wide variety of areas, all to bring each person to their best self as a whole and healthy individual. We do this through time-proven tools that offer personal accountability, measurable growth, a support system, and community. At all times, live guests have access to an accountability coach or to our network of coaches through email submission. Whether you simply want to goal set with a little support or have a coach provide you a monthly plan, we've got you. The team at Live has worked so hard to provide you something special, and since we love giving gifts and self-development is our thing, what better time to offer a gift to build out your 2020 vision than now? For a limited time, all guests who download the app will receive full VIP access for 30 days. That means goal setting, talks, challenges, and a one-on-one -on -one conversation with a Live Method coach to start your new year off right. Search Live Media Inc. in the Apple App Store or link to us through our Instagram account at loveisviral.media or mine at ms.janetteschneider. This offer won't last, so sign up now and happy new year and new decade. From the Live fam to you. I had a doctor recently tell me, so he told me all of the bad oils. I'm allowed to mm -hmm. use coconut oil and olive oil, um, but had been cautious about animal fats. He was very, very worried about me consuming anything other than lean animal fats. So chicken, I can have shrimp because it's a good cholesterol. Um, I have been eating a ton of avocado. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, those are good. Those I are good. I love avocado now. We have them in our house at all times, even though it's probably out of season. Um I think it's just really fascinating though, like how much of our bodies are tied into like our health, our well-being, our longevity is tied into what we put into it. It, it makes sense, but unfortunately it's usually when there has been some type of illness or there's some type of uh, discomfort or what have you that you're like, I need to look at at my diet. Um, for you, I, I was really interested in the fact that you're, you're eating kind of based on that hunter gatherer kind of like you're eating red meats, you're eating lean proteins. Um, what other things are you paying attention to when you're adding into your diet? Yeah. So let me kind of preface this back kind of, you know, like with what you said, I guess, as far as, you know, lean meats, a lot of plant foods, I was vegan for three years. Um, I thought that this was the epitome of health. I did it right. Um, I, I absolutely uh, kind of destroyed my health with it, and it kind of led to my demise um, because what I've learned and what I researched is, you know, the body in absence of things like high-quality protein and high-quality fats, it starts to break down. Mm. Um, so just kind of leading in with that is there is an importance um, to the body for, for protein and for fat. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate, Well, I appreciate that. I actually had um, – there was a, a coach – who was talking, I think it was, it was Tony Robbins was saying he was vegan for many, many years and then realized uh -huh. he really needed protein in his body. So he started eating fish, um, and then ended up unfortunately with mercury poisoning. Um, but <laughs> I'm like, that was a, an interesting segue, but gotta watch which fish, but which yeah, yeah, fish yeah. and yeah. how much fish. Um, but it was, it was interesting because it's like, I, I, I don't, I'm not a proponent of any specific, um, diet, any specific mm -hmm. way of eating. I just think educating yourself and eating the, the, the whole and healthiest fruits and vegetables available along with the proteins and fats that you think are, are working for you, but, but paying attention to how your body responds to them. And, and is there anything that you do that like, it's kind of like a self-awareness, like, you know, your body so well that it like signals you into things. 
Um, yeah, I am very, um, aware of how I respond, I guess, digestively, you know, like if I start to bloat, if I start to get cramps, if I, um, I, I have some, you know, really sensitive autoimmunity. So how do my joints feel things like Mm -hmm. that? And I think most of us become so desensitized to our bodies that we did, we disassociate, you know, and we don't acknowledge that some things are symptoms, you know, something like burping is a symptom. Um, this is indigestion, you know, this is low stomach acid. So, I mean, I really make sure that I'm in check with everything when I'm introducing a new food or when I'm eating out just to make sure, you know, I'm not causing harm to my body. Tell me a little bit about gut health because it's such a big, I've, I've been reading lately that gut health health is a, um, an indicator also of mental health and, um, everything is so interconnected that we have to make sure that we're paying attention to our gut. What's your take on that? Do you believe that the gut is like this microbiome that creates wellness throughout the entire body? And how do we make sure that we're, there's so many different things. It gets so confusing where it's like, I've got a parasite versus I've got, um, uh, unhealthy flora or I've got, uh, I think it's called SBE. I can't remember, but there's SIBO, SIBO, SIBO. you got it. Yes. So there's all these different things that we have to be aware of. Um, And I think like you have all these doctors saying take a probiotic, but which probiotic? And there's so much confusion, I think, around how to make sure that we're maintaining like the healthiest gut possible. What's your take? Yeah. So um, the Chinese referred to the stomach and the gastrointestinal tract as the second brain. And I really think that that's for good reason. Um, you know, 60% of your immune system is on the other side of your, of your intestines. That's where, you know, if you have a breach in, in your intestinal lining and, you know, we start to see leaky gut, foods start to permeate into our bloodstream because, you know, the proteins within the foods aren't digested well enough. This activates our immune system. So, you know, once we start to see a breakdown in, in our gut health, um, we start to see autoimmunity come. And, uh, you know, gut health isn't, you know, just that we start to develop microbes kind of like you said, and they can kind of hinder our absorption, you know, of of the foods that we're taking in. So if we don't have enough nutrients that we're taking in, or we're unable to get those nutrients because our stomach acid is low, we don't produce enough bile, our pancreatic enzymes are out of whack. Um, you know, we're nutrient deficient and whenever we're deficient, our bodies can't perform at optimal function. So, um, and to go off, Again, uh, you kind of mentioned, you know, um, gut health equals mental health. Our neurotransmitters are made in our gut. Things like serotonin mm-hmm. um, are produced in the gut. So if we don't have a uh, healthy, you know, a healthy microbiota, then we're not getting, you know, sufficient neurotransmitters that make us feel good, that make us happy. Um, so I personally have come to believe that all disease roots in the gut. That is from experience and from research of my own Um everybody's entitled to their own opinion, but I truly believe that it all revolves around there. Um, your gut health is, is who you are. It's, it's what you are. Could you give anybody, anyone who's listening to this, that's like first coming into like, okay, I need to make some changes. What are a couple of things that you would recommend that they take away and, and shift so that, I mean, I know it's hard to shift an entire lifestyle and diet, but what, what would you begin with? Um, to begin with processed carbohydrates. So like anything in a package, um, you know, if you're eating it on a regular basis, like daily, uh, that, that would be something to move away from processed sugar all in the same, um, things like soda pop, you know, anything with, um, 
you know, like we said, the ingredients that you can't really pronounce, um, really start to focus on whole foods, um, foods that have one ingredient, you know, foods that you can pick up and say, okay, I can source this. This came out of the ground. This came from a chicken. This came from a cow. Mm -hmm. Um, where you can source it down to one thing, that's the best in my opinion. Um, and then also hydration. Most people don't realize how much hydration plays into one, your hunger cues, um, into your ability to digest foods, you know, because, you have to have digestive juices to digest your food. And where does a digestive juice come from? A liquid. Mm -hmm. um, so definitely hydration as well. It's how much water do people need every day? Um, so if you take your body in pounds and you convert those pounds to ounces, um, start there. So say, you know, you have 120 pound um, female and uh, half of that is 60. So 60 ounces of water. And then for every diuretic beverage that you're drinking, so pop, juice, um, caffeine, coffee, uh, you take that beverage, so say it's eight ounces, and you multiply it by one and a half. Mm. So 12 ounces. So in this case, you know, she had one eight-ounce cup of coffee. That's 60 plus, you know, 12, so 72 ounces. So you really have to flesh out. <laughs> you gotta get it out. You, you gotta, gotta get, get it out. out. When I when I met with my doctor and he did my my test results, he was like, "You're concentrated." <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Like juice. Like, oh, I'll drink some water. <laughs> yeah, because I'm like, oh, but I like my I like my cup of coffee. He's like, you can have your cup of coffee, but you have to put sugar in it or not sugar, uh, cinnamon instead of sugar. Um, yeah. And you can't like he was like, "You're concentrated," so I need you to be constantly drinking water. Um, it's so fascinating to me. All this has been very eye-opening and it does make me worry. So I have an eight-year-old daughter who prefers, mm -hmm. um, bread and sugar. That's all she wants. Yeah. To it's such a pain. Feeding her is the hardest thing ever. And she's had, uh, tummy issues since she was mm -hmm. born. So she's been to the, the GI. She knows him very well. And he's like, Olivia, you have to eat. So we have certain fruits and vegetables that she'll eat. But kids are stubborn, and it's it's such a fight. Um, what advice do you have for for parents like who are trying to educate their kids on on why we have to eat these things? I've actually had conversations with her before. I'm like, she's like, why can't I have these skittles? And I'm like, Olivia, I don't want to give you foods that are full of dye because mm -hmm. dyes are chemicals that we're putting <laughs> in your body. She's like, what do they cause? I'm like, do I tell her cancer? Like, do I just say it? Yeah, yeah. Start them young. Yeah. And so like, she's, so she's kind of aware of certain things. Like she'll not even ask me about specific candies anymore. Um, but what other, like, do you, do you just have these conversations with them when they're little? Yeah. I mean, I would start, I mean, obviously I, I don't have kids, so I can't really, you know, say, do this, do that, be that absolute, you know, ruler in the kitchen. But, um, I'm, I'm sure if I had kids, I would totally just give in at some point too. <laughs> but, um, I totally think, you know, you're not doing them any harm starting to educate them on things, especially if they have issues. I mean, I grew up, I, I had my first diagnosis of ulcerative colitis when I was 11. Wow. Um, so for me, it was this big culture shock when I had to go from eating the standard American diet to eating completely clean all overnight. Whereas if I could, you know, have gotten my gut health maybe on board sooner, um, and been able to dabble a little bit in the standard American diet, it would have been easier for me. Whereas if she's having gut issues already, mm -hmm. maybe explain it to her, like we're eating these foods, you know, so that you feel better. Um, so that you don't have this issue so that you don't have that issue. And, 
um, these foods will make you feel better. But I definitely don't think there's any harm in, in you know, um, kindly educating um, your kid and uh, maybe introducing other, you know, foods. In, in her case, you know, fermented foods might be really good just to help restore, um, you know, proper, proper gut flora. Mm-hmm. They taste kind of funny, but, you know, just trying in trial and error, trial and error and seeing which healthy food she does like. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. I did this whole thing. I I put in a garden. She likes beets. Um, She likes carrots. Yeah. And so that was fun for a while. And I was cooking out of the garden for a bit. And then like after like the third or fourth home cooked meal that took me hours to make, she's like, this is disgusting. I was like, ugh. she'll eat raw vegetables or just roasted vegetables. But like if I try to make a special sauce out of it, she's like, it's not like they make it like Olive Garden, her favorite restaurant. Oh my God. Ever. Oh my gosh. Top critic. I know she's so hard um well I really appreciate you being on and sharing you've had a long road and such a deep relationship with food I find it all so fascinating and if there's anyone out there that wants to learn about um how how do you work with with people do you help them with kind of diet management um yeah so I take a very bio-individualized approach to every client that I work with um you know I mean I have clients that are working on fertility. I have clients that are working with autoimmunity, some with cancer, some just with body optimization for performance. So, um, I work with clients remotely and in person, but I, uh, listen to what their bodies are telling me with symptoms. And I listen to what they're facing, you know, whether it be skin issues or I'm really having a hard time going to the bathroom. I'm not. And we tailor a bio-individualized approach, you know, putting together, like, how do I eat? How do I change my my lifestyle, essentially, to better fit my condition? Mm, I appreciate so. that. Well, if, let me ask you two questions that um, I ask everyone. And I'm curious, especially because of your experiences being diagnosed um, so young, if you were to look back at a younger version of yourself, what age mm-hmm. would you be and what advice would you give? age, I would probably say college. And I would probably say, don't stress so much because stress will make you sicker. Mm. You have a, like a personal correlation to that. Like it, it was like a physical manifestation of stress. That's. Oh yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. It totally, whether it be, you know, physical, emotional, any type of stress, if, if it's in your head, it's going to manifest. And it's, it, I truly believe that you know, you asked me, do I believe that gut health is foundational for disease? I also think that stress is a big, big cause. So I probably needed to hear that right now. <laughs> yeah. I am super yes. stressed out. So I'm like, thank you for that message. Um, yes. I have a, I have a, a project that's launching in nine days and, um, it has been very difficult to, um, the stress is manifesting in <laughs> sleeplessness, anxiety, things like that. So um, it's funny. Sometimes I have these podcast interviews and I'm like, that was for me. Um, yep. Well, this is for you. And I just talked to one of my friends right before I went on this and she she was stressed as well. And I told her, I don't know if you've ever seen anger management, but goose fraba, tell yourself that and just go take a couple deep breaths. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yes. If you were to leave this earth and you wanted to leave behind a legacy, gold nuggets of wisdom or inspiration for the next gen, what would they look like? What would they be? Hmm, I would just say work together. 
Um, nothing good was ever done when you're working alone, whether it be, you know, exchanging information, helping each other based on the journey that you're on. Um, work together is my, I guess, my nugget of wisdom. I love that because I feel like so many times we try to be so insulated and, um, I've heard so many people say like, don't tell people what you're working on because you have to like, you want to protect it. But I'm noticing we really need connection. Um, it's so important to our growth, to our health, to the way we interact and feel even about ourselves. So I appreciate that message. I think that that was very important. And, um, I'm really just thrilled that you were on, you had the time to, to share with us today. If anyone wants to follow your, your journey or look at your coaching, where can they go? Um, yes. Yeah, so I am super active on Instagram because I feel like it really, uh, reaches a lot of people really quickly. So you can find me at through health and back, um, health, H E A L T H, not, not the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my website is also through health and Awesome. I appreciate you so much. Thank you for being on with us. Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. Of course. Thank you so much for joining me today. I loved Alex's reminder that food is medicine and that we can promote good health by being aware of what we are choosing to feed our bodies. You can find Alex on her website through healthandback.com or on Instagram by the same name. As always, please subscribe to this podcast, leave a review, and don't forget to share with your friends. You can find me on Instagram at either ms.janetteschneider or the live movement at loveisviral.media or live at loveisviral.com. Get deep in the work with me to uncover your messaging before you pass it on to your children or the people you influence. Order my book, Lore, Harnessing Your Past to Create Your Future, available on Amazon or barnesandnoble.com. Until next time, in the words of my grandma, love each other every day.